You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I haven't flip-flopped. I said no originally, then I said yes, then I have said no and I've stuck to it. The English fought a civil war over this matter, over this matter. Don't deal with the nuance of the Canberra bubble. You're listening to Represent. All right, you're listening to Represent. It's just me and Bridie today. Just us. Yeah, we're having some we're technical issues. We do miss George. He's at work. I know. Getting the, getting the cash. Getting the cash at Under Armour, I believe. Oh, really? Is it the sports one? I don't Is know. I thought jobs. it might have been oh, it could the be Amy the... Park one. True. Because that's where he was going last week. Ah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe we could have asked. Or something we don't know about. Could be. Very possible. Yeah, well, we have some technical issues in the studio. So we today do. is a bit of a experiment. The yeah. wife, <laughs> internet is down, um, which yeah. makes broadcasting a little bit difficult. But We've been, we've been stressing. We have <laughs> it's been. It's been a little bit of a stressful start. I have been, but how have you it's been, okay. Bridie? I've been okay. School has been pretty crazy. But it is like it's like winding down. Like we had our last sack for lit on Monday. At forever. Yeah, forever. Wow. And then there's just the exam. So and that was like, oh, okay. Now we're like getting towards the end because you know it kind mm. of feels like it's gonna go forever. Yeah. And forever, ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. But now that we're like wrapping it up, and they're like, this is the last one. It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. And do you feel like are you kind of starting to get like, oh, like. You know, I'm, like, almost graduating year 12. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, oh, okay, we're, like, really quite close to being done. And, like, part of everyone is like, oh, my God, exams are coming up. But, like, that is not my biggest uh, – it's not on my mind right now. Because <laughs> mm. I keep thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've almost finished uni. Like, I'm yeah. in week seven. Out I'm of in week how many? seven. Twelve. Whoa. I know. That is soon. So I'm almost done. It's crazy. I'm going to go into some branch stacking. There's a Fun. lot to cover in my segment because I've done a little bit of overview of what branch stacking is and all that jazz. That's okay. It's an important topic. It is. So 
Basically, there's allegations that the Victorian Liberal Party have been branch stacking, and these concerns have risen due to claims that a Pentecostal church is infiltrating the branches. Wow, I'm making all these connections in my head right now. Really? The Labor Party was branch stacking. I know, yeah. So, it's so this like, is the Liberal wow, Party now. Now you can't criticize them. I know. And the Pentecostal, that's, isn't that Scott Morrison's church? Yeah, so I don't know if it's the exact same. Like, no, I'm not I sure don't. how churches work, you no, know what I mean? Me neither. <laughs> like, I, don't think, I think even though it's the same religion, I don't yeah, think it's the same church. Maybe not connected. Um, but first, what is branch stacking and how Great common question. is it for our listeners? Because I didn't know what it was no. before I looked. Yeah, I don't really know. I just know it's like corrupt. Yeah. Not so, good. <laughs> so um, branch stacking is used by factions within a political party to recruit members who will then vote for the factional leader who recruited them. So it's basically like if Bridie was like, Mimi, come join the Labour Party, but you have to vote for me if you do. Yeah. Um, so I would like do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> our, our future Prime Minister will be <laughs> so corrupt. Yeah. Um, so it is used to influence the sex... The selection of a candidate who will run in an election or, or like, policy decision-making within a party, too. But, like, I think well, what we're going to talk about today is when it's used to select candidates for, like, an upcoming election. So, Such as <clears throat> our election. I know, which we November. will be covering in November. So all of this is relating to the November election because this is in the state, this branch yeah. stacking. These allegations of branch stacking are in the Victorian state. I have to keep making sure that we don't have, get a defamation lawsuit. Yes. Um, From the Federal Liberal Party. (laughs) Um, So actions which are considered branch stacking are paying another person's party membership fees, recruiting members on the condition that they vote a certain way, enrolling people with false information about their personal details, so like enrolling with like a false name or the wrong address, stuff like that, using incentives to get people to vote in a specific way. Um, So interestingly, branch stacking is not technically... Illegal under Australian law. So, why is that? Do you know? I actually don't know. Fair enough. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in like campaigning and like mm. preparing for an election within like each party individually. I feel like there's a lot of that stuff that's kind of unregulated. Yeah. Well, so this is unregulated. So is it? It's up to the individual parties to regulate it. But the kind of catch is that there's so. Some actions that are considered branch stacking, like the ones above, are illegal if you... So, for example, um, taking false information, like enrolling with a false address, if you provide that information to the Australian Electoral Commission, then it is illegal. Okay. So there's, like, weird loopholes. Yeah. So, like, it's illegal to, like, provide that information to the Australian Australian Electoral Commission, but if you just enrolled and, I guess, didn't supply that information, it would be okay. So it's kind of illegal, but, like, kind of not. Um, and like that's stuff providing information to the electoral commission. So I guess technically maybe paying another person's party membership fees might, isn't illegal. Like it's, it's a bit, yeah. it's a bit tricky. Shouldn't do it, but. Shouldn't do it, but technically isn't illegal. But, yeah. um, so, so then how do you, so yeah, so that's how people get caught. So branch stacking obviously isn't a new thing. Bridie has drawn our attention to the fact that. The Labor Party has recently been accused of branch stacking and it's how Daniel Andrews lost four of his ministers. Yes, that was um, a crazy little period of time. That was. And now those later anti-corruption hearings. And I kind of feel like the whole Integrity Commission yeah. thing is kind of started off from that. So it's like fairly common. This isn't like a new thing. But yeah. 
In terms of these allegations against the Victorian Liberal Party, the concerns mainly involve the enrolment of members who are from the same Pentecostal church. And this kind of harkens back to ideas about the infiltration of the religious right, which we've already talked about on the show. Wow, just making um, all these connections. <laughs> I know. Obviously, this has nothing to do with Scott Morrison, but that is no. how we've talked about it in the past. Yeah. Um, so basically, there's a man, and he's called Brian Heath, and he is a Pentecostal pastor but he's also a member of the Victorian Liberal Party. Um, he's a pastor at a church called the City Builders Church in Sale in Eastern Regional Victoria. So this is where all the problems are, like around Sale. Okay, all those so they're all rural. Yeah, it's a rural issue. Interesting. Um, he is now vice president of the Liberal Party's moral branch and, according to the ABC, often encourages his church members to get involved in politics. Um. So the City Builders Church has now taken over various local party branches in regional East Victoria, and the Liberal Party member for Gippsland East local branch, Peter Wilson, says that, says that this is happening because a lot of the usual members for the Victoria Liberal Party are ageing. And if we know anything about the Victorian Liberal... Well, the Liberal Party in general, it's not really, like, you know, for young people. No, it's, it's not... not- known as the Young People's Party? No, it's not say. known as the Young People's Party. It's not exactly... It, he's saying it's pretty hard to find younger recruits, which yeah. pretty much isn't very surprising to anyone. So there's this kind of lack of membership. Like, everyone who would like usually want to enrol is getting older. They might be retiring. And Wilson has said that this has left a door open for the City Builders Church to kind of swoop in with that, like... So is he pro or anti what this church is doing? He's anti it. So he's okay. been a member for, with the Victorian Liberal Party for, like, decades kind of thing. Yeah. And he's watching this all kind of unfold in front of his eyes. And this is, like, he... He's claiming that this is, like, why this is happening. Um, but this has kind of apparently been going on for a long time, and it was first detected back in 2017. And in 2021, there was an audit done inside the Victorian Liberal Party to check for this kind of illegal activity, um, like the things mentioned above, and 150 members were expelled That's from that audit. Well, from... do you know how many are in the Liberals in total? How many members? No. No. Seems like a fair few, though. Yeah. I no. mean, any audit's a good audit. No, true, true, true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, I'm just thinking, like, proportions, but I have no idea. No, so. I don't know. That's okay. And if we had some internet, we could quickly yeah, look it I up, know. we don't have any. <laughs> so 150 members of previous spells. Seems like a lot. Maybe it's not. Um, however, so it's kind of seeming like, oh, okay, like, we've had this audit, like, things are back, corruption's it's over, okay. everything's yeah. okay, but... This July, Brian Heath's daughter, oh my Renee goodness. Heath, nepotism. Act- I know, an active church member has what? been pre-selected <laughs> for the Liberal Party's upper house ticket for Eastern Victoria for the election in November. Well, there you go. I know. <laughs> so this is kind of where it all comes to a head. Um, Miss Heath has declined an interview with the ABC or declined to comment, but in the past she has publicly stated that. I am running for state parliament because I believe we need a fresh new government that barracks for all of us, us as valued members of the Victorian community. Only the Liberal team, including our strong, competent women, can help deliver the government. Victor- can help deliver a government Victorians truly deserve. So, that's her statement. Um, 
Many, kind of like Peter Wilson we've talked about earlier, many veteran Liberal Party members have attested to the alleged presence of branch stacking, although a lot of them have requested to remain unnamed, so the ABC doesn't name anyone. Um, However, one particular party member resigned last month after 30 years, so she'd been in the Liberal Party for 30 years, and claims it was because of alleged branch stacking by religious groups in eastern Victoria. Well, well, well. (laughs) I know. So much gossip. It's like a gossip session. It really is. I feel like this is a gossip column that we're writing. So, Bridie. Yes. After hearing this gossip, fresh take, what do you make of... The of whole branch stacking. The whole branch stacking <laughs> issue. Alleged branch stacking issue. Yes, sorry. It's all it's all uh, hearsay or mm-hmm. something. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's obviously a level of, like, a leader in the community saying for people to get involved in politics. I see that as a good thing. Yeah. Whether, you know, it doesn't matter what political party people end up in, but if they're all going to go and end up in the Liberal Party from the same church, then that's, like, a bit of a red flag for me. Mm. Like, I kind of see that and I go, hmm, how suspicious. I feel like this is not an impartial, unbiased, just unconditional get involved in politics. I think this is more of a you should come and vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. It is very much, like, gossipy, but, I, I mean, I love that, so. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, um, about where, like, kind of what you said, like, where you draw the line between genuine recruitment and, like, yeah. this branch stacking. Like, yeah, there's definitely you... a big Because kind of, I guess the whole issue with this corruption is that you can't really, pr- like, it's hard to prove. It is, definitely. Um, yeah, because, I mean, what are the, ch- like, as if he's going to be like, now you have to sign this document to like, guarantee that you'll vote for me every time. Like, he's not going to do mm. that. So, so it's all, like, kind of word by mouth, kind of, like, yeah, sneaky exactly. stuff. Um, what about this, like, growing presence of the religious right? I love talking about, like... We do like talking about the religious, the religious right. right. I just think it's bizarre, and I think, like... I just think it's so interesting, like, how yeah. we really are following Trump and how everyone was like, well, oh, no, like, that. that what's going on in America here. is, like, horrible and never going to happen here. But yeah. it's literally happening, like... In front of our eyes. Like, these are the small things that start Yeah. it all. Totally. No, I think, I mean, it's definitely increasing. And I don't know. I mean, it's like there's people like Bernie Finn, the guy who's, like, completely anti-abortion and anti-everything. And all he, I don't know, I feel like he's gets these headlines and then just kind of goes out of the news and you never hear about him again. Like, I think there's definitely a growing presence, but I'm not sure how grown it is yet mm, and if it's all kind of just like um like kind of infam- inflammatory to kind of get a response like yeah a I like... think it's kind of very provocative rather yeah. than actually like productive I mean it's not productive but but like right yeah like yeah I, get I don't think the goal is to like change the policies especially with like I don't know I'm thinking about this is a bit of a long story and I didn't really it wasn't what happened to me but I was at a party and a family friend was talking to my dad about like this party that had come from America and had just set up a branch here and now I can't remember the name but it was like a really really religious right like way more right than the liberals like a sort of white supremacist sort of thing and he was really worried about it this family friend was like it's going to be huge it's going to be massive and it's going to be terrible but like I haven't heard anything about it so, this is, yeah, we've got the in, I've got the inside knowledge from <laughs> Friday's dad's friend. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just 
like, I feel like there is a lot of talk about it. It's definitely happening, but I think it's probably not happening at the rate that we maybe think it is. Mm. Like, I just don't think it's having that much of an impact right now. And no. I'm not sure that, like, it's going to be huge. It's not, I don't think it'll be like the teal independence, you know, like, at it the won't federal be a election. Religious that was like right a wave. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So do you think, yeah, so we think it's going to be slow, but do you think it's, like, worse that it's slow? Because then all of a sudden it's there. True, And yeah, everyone and it, misses it. And you, yeah, just don't really notice. I think that is definitely an issue. I don't know which is worse. Mm. I mean, kind of coming in huge and coming in very strong, that it is kind of, it means that people can react more mm. and, like, there'd probably be more movement and more dramatic kind of, like, action taken against them. But... It would also be, you know, probably not the ideal outcome. <laughs> yeah, probably not. All right, let's head to a song. That let's was a great it. segment. It was. Good was job. was a great segment. Thank you. I did feel like I covered everything yeah. very well. All right, guys. <laughs> so basically, there's been real chaos in Sydney for the last few months, actually for the last couple of years, because there's been a huge amount of disagreement between public transport workers, so the Rail, Tram and Bus Union, the RTBU, or maybe it's the RBTU. No, I think it's it's RT, RTBU. Yeah, Rail, Bus and Tram doesn't sound as good as no, Rail, Tram and Bus. Rail, Tram and Bus Union. Um, they've been disagreeing with the government um, on a couple of things, so they want a pay rise. Fair enough. <laughs> so does everyone else. Yeah, everyone else does <laughs> everyone too. Wants You're not special, guys. Um but also because there's been, like, a new fleet of trains that the government's bought and they've kind of been put to a standstill because the union says they won't, they don't want to drive them because they have safety concerns. So this uh. was very glossed over in everything that I've read. But basically what I've gleaned, if you like, was that the trains are meant to be connected to CCTV on each platform. Mm-hmm. But the union says that this means that the drivers actually won't be able to see if someone's fallen between the train and the platform onto the tracks. Oh, so I don't really get it. Sorry, I'm not I'm, following. <laughs> like, if it was connected to CCTV, I just think, wouldn't you mean that you I think it means that? there's issues with the CCTV. Right, like, okay, basically. Where, are they, where they can see um, right. versus what they can see now. So Okay, let's, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So yesterday the Secretary for Transport threatened to terminate the industry agreement um, through the Fair Work Commission if the industrial action doesn't stop by the close of business today, so in half an hour. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I wish we had the personal correspondent I know. out there on the scene to give us the news. In Sydney. That would be really good, actually. So, yeah. sorry. Yes, yeah, no, go So what it. you're saying is that um, the secretary it, uh, for the government yeah. might cancel yeah. Some of the fair work stuff for the for the train. Yeah, so look, the in, the enterprise agreement stuff really confuses me. Like if there's one thing in this that really throws me, it's that. But I think it's just like the agreement establishes like the work conditions and a wage. And so like I read that there were some issues with bus drivers having to work for 13 hours on shift and like they hate that. Mm. So like that's one of the issues. Um so I don't know what it would mean if they would terminate the agreement, but that's what they're threatening to do, which I think would just from, I mean, it would just throw the public transport system into total chaos, even more than what it is now. Mm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. No, it does make sense. Okay. Well, so the the Guardian is calling this a sensational ultimatum, which I just thought was a bit of a funny phrase. So apparently the government's held 58 meetings with the union before threatening this. 
Obviously, we don't know the details of all these meetings. And over two years, it's not that many. Like, it sounds like a lot, but that's one every two weeks, roundabout. In two years. I might disagree with you and say it you seems think? like a lot. It does. I feel like if I had to have a meeting every two weeks of, like, a union for the train people, I'd be like, this, like, damn yeah. it. That's a lot. That's kind of a lot, I feel like. I, yeah, probably is. But, I mean, surely there's people that the government meets with, like, all the time. True, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess if it's if you're the secretary on, like, you know, industry or whatever portfolio it is, it's kind of yeah. an important thing too. Yeah. And so I mean, maybe it's not that much. Important. I don't know. I don't really – I have no government Maybe it's just the perfect amount. Well, I don't think so because they've been very unproductive and haven't reached an agreement. <laughs> well, that's that, – that, that's not a problem with how many meetings. That's what's going on in the meeting. True, exactly. Um, so the Sydney Lord Mayor, Clover Moore, has asked for the government to implement free public transport until the dispute is resolved, which I thought was a bit of a weird kind of thing to say because part of the industrial action is that the staff at the stations are leaving all the Opal gates, like the equivalent of the Mikey gates, open all the time. So I don't know. So I like it's free anyway. Was, yeah, effectively. So I thought that was a bit of a weird I think solution. it's weird, but I feel like he's just trying to appease the public. Yeah, she's because she's the mad. Sydney Lord Mayor oh, as she, opposed to yeah, the um, state government. Mm, yeah, I reckon she's just trying to appease the public because if your public transport's not coming or running late, and then you have to pay for it, you're probably like, like yeah. you know, yeah. mad. So they're like, for the better word, part mad. of that action <laughs> is like they're drastically reducing services. They're like running every thirty minutes on some lines on trains, even in peak hour. So obviously that's disrupting so many people's lives, like school kids you know, health workers, anyone who works in the city, anywhere. So, yeah, it's total chaos. So for the last couple of years, the union's been pushing to for changes to the intercity fleet um, and so they've been refusing to operate the new fleet of trains um, and that's about the CCTV concerns. So the government actually agreed a few months ago to alter the trains to modify them to fix this, but they wanted the union to agree to a new enterprise agreement. So that would change presumably the wages and the work conditions um I couldn't find a copy of it or a summary of it because I'm not going to read a whole enterprise agreement but um yeah so I assume that it would have you know had a decrease in work standards so they wouldn't agree to it so the government's said that they're going to scrap this deal to modify the trains which would cost them a billion dollars um if the union didn't stop their industrial action so do you think everyone's just, like, being a bit dramatic? Like, are they overreacting? I don't know. I don't know what the condition... Like, I mean, I mean, we've. I feel like we've... There's a lot of strikes a lot, so I'm yeah. presuming the conditions are obviously not great. Yeah. But I don't really know too much about, like, what it's like to be a bus driver or a train no. driver. But, um... Well, I hear my dad had another friend, different friend, who was a bus driver in Sydney, and he just did it for a couple of years after he, like, quit his office job. But he said it was really stressful because people would just walk out in front of the bus all the time. So he quit after a year or two. Right. So maybe there's a lot of psychological stress I involved. would think so, especially, like, because people, you know, commit suicide on train lines. Yeah. Well, I – what I – with the whole CCT thing, what I don't really – I understand why the train um, drivers want to have the good CCTV. And, like, it's yeah. great that they're, like, campaigning for it yeah. for us, really. Because, like, it doesn't – like, obviously it affects the train drivers psychologically, but, like, yeah. you know – 
we're the ones who will be disadvantaged because they won't be able to see us yeah. if we are on the tracks. Yeah. So I kind of don't understand why the government wouldn't want to fix it anyway because exactly. isn't it not so much like a train driver issue, it's more of like a public health yeah. and safety issue? Yeah, for real. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't really have anything to do with like the train drivers. Yeah, I think the government is just being very, very stubborn because it is a liberal government and we'll get to like kind of political implications of this as well. Um, it is a liberal government and obviously – you know, compromising with unions and working with unions that's very much kind of Labour territory. Uh, so yeah, I think true. there's probably part of Dominic Perrottet, the Premier, who doesn't want to be seen to give in to the union's demands. Mm, I th- Yeah, I guess so. I just think it's so silly, so stubborn. Yeah, it is. And But then I say that, but then I think about how he's been, like, having this bromance, as people are calling it, with Daniel Andrews. So... <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I haven't seen that. Oh, no, they've come down and done, like, press conferences together. Oh They're, like, besties. That's so <laughs> funny. Just... Um, oh, gosh, I was going to say something about something you just said before the bromance thing, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, uh, that's okay. What was your next point? My next point is, so basically the... Okay, I remember what it okay, is. Okay, go for you... it. Okay, so did you see that, how they're doing that summit for, like, work? Yeah, the job summit. Yeah, the yeah. job summit. is That would be kind of connected with all this kind of... Wouldn't I would be like, shocked they've got a lot if they're of union not talking people. about it. Yeah. Yeah, going into, It's like, only day two it. of the job summit. So, I, like, I would have done it for the, you know, this week's show if mm. it had started on Monday, but hadn't. Yeah, we don't have much info yet yeah. on the job summit. Is it so... We're changing gear a little bit here but i mean we have so much time yeah so like with the drama summit is the get the aim of it at the end is kind of like to have this plan about to get people more jobs i think it's kind of because there's all this inflation and we're in a bit of an economic crisis as george loves to tell us Mm. um just to kind of there's obviously very slow wage growth like compared to inflation so we're not earning as much so we can't buy as much and so the cost of living's going up and everything I think that's probably part of it. But also we have, like, skills shortages, like, in healthcare and nursing and education. There's a lot of teaching shortages. So I feel like it's just to try and make plans to fix that. And, yeah. I mean, I see the highlights. Um, Sorry, not highlights. Like, the headlines come through on my phone. And so there's, like, older Australians can earn more. Like, pensioners can earn an extra $4,000 without reducing their payments to combat the skills shortage. Mm. Um. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. We'll shift get back to what we were talking about. We can. So the, it's been a really long dispute and it means there's been a level of disruption and dissatisfaction, obviously, in the public transport industry for a, a long period of time, which I think would just be really, really irritating to be in Sydney. Yeah, for. I think it'd be really annoying. I remember when I – well, remember, like, it was so long ago. Yeah. When I lived in Brisbane, the public transport in Brisbane, I would say, is not great. I don't yeah. know if you've used it when you've I have gone used there. it, yeah. I don't think it's that great compared to yeah. here. I just feel like everything here is always on time. And, like, <laughs> at least when I take it, it's, like, always on time. That's good. And, like, there's always a bus or a train, tram. or com- yeah. Not so much with trains, I feel like, unless it's, like, Pico and stuff. But trains, yeah. I swear there's always a tram coming, like, always. Really, I find that trams are often late, but trains are generally on time, but also much more spread out. Yeah, was I just feel like I don't even look to see when I'm going to get a tram when I go no, to uni. I just, like, know it'll be there. <laughs> like I'll just know it'll be yeah it'll be close enough. Anyway, no, I think I've my only love taken affair with a little PGV. bit. Of, um, I haven't taken like different routes in Brisbane. I've only really gone one place. <laughs> mm. So anyway, um, yeah. So the 
union has disregarded, they've vowed to disregard the order to stop their industrial action by the close of business today, meaning it's going to go to court. So it's just going to be a really prolonged court battle. I just don't think it's in the best interests of the government. Who are facing an election in, I think, March next year. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre that they're just not giving in. Like a court battle, like really. Yeah. Unless in the next, I kind of feel like in the next half an hour they might say something. And not do the court battle. Like, surely they wouldn't do the court battle. Honestly, I'd be surprised because they beat the government to the Fair Work Commission this morning. So that was what the government was threatening to do, is to take them to the Fair Work Commission to try and terminate the industry agreement. Um, But they beat them there. The unions. The unions beat them there. That's hilarious. At, like, (laughs) 9pm. That's funny. And so they're trying to force the government back to the bargaining table. They're accusing them of ignoring their obligations to, um, like, negotiate in good faith. So um, the head of the union of the RTBU, Alex Classens or Classens, we have no intention of stopping our protected industrial action and the Premier shouldn't be surprised if more industrial action is called next week. So he's obviously really trying to raise the public profile of like what's going on, mm. which I think is just quite interesting. So do you think um, another part of what the RTBU is asking for in their submission to the Fair Work Commission rhymed, um, is it's also seeking to gag the government, so including the Premier, about making statements on the bargaining process for two weeks. So what do you think about that? So that would mean that, like, they would have a meeting and then they couldn't talk about what happened in the meeting for the next two weeks. I don't know why they would want that because it it doesn't seem like it would benefit them. I don't think so because it would mean that, like, the government, I guess it would mean the government couldn't come out and be like, they're not doing anything to help. They're just But I also feel like people but... are usually on like, oh, I guess not everyone, that's not true. But I guess like people like us are more like, oh, you know, the unions, like, yeah, go, go yeah. unions. But I guess there's probably a lot of like... I think can kind of empathise at the moment though because everyone wants everyone's feeling rise. disillusioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, agree. I kind of feel like that isn't in their best interest. Yeah. <laughs> Should get Brady and Mimi in to run, yeah. their, <laughs> run their marketing. Union strategies. Union campaign kind of thing. Yeah. Because, like, but I, then I guess I guess there's other people out there, like, you know, the lib, the, the 40-year-old liberal man in Turak is probably mm. like, ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I kind of forget that not everyone has the same opinion as us. Yeah. And I kind of just think, I'm like, no, why would they do that? Like, exactly. my like, opinion. Why would like, you support them wanting to be paid more? Like, yeah. anyway. So, Classens is now saying that the government wants the union to sign an agreement that they hadn't seen until yesterday. Um, so, very, very, very short notice. And, like, that's what the government wants them to do to stop the, um, to stop them taking it to the Fair Work Commission. Mm. But that's kind of so. That was in a press conference at about two, I think. So they've been they've been on the on the go today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, we can up we can update our yeah. listeners the story next week. Yeah. So he's encouraging people to talk to their MPs. He really mm-hmm. wants a debate in Parliament about this. Mm. Do you think that's a productive use of time, or is he just trying to get people to pressure their MPs to pressure the Premier? So this is the head of the uh, union the person union. saying this. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, I guess like I don't know. I feel like it, I get like mm, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of feel like yeah. I guess it's to pressure the premier. I don't know. 
I guess, like, it's kind of a fair use of time. It, depend what, yeah. it, it would depend what else is on the agenda. So true. Do you know what I mean? Like, if some climate action's on the agenda, I don't think that should be pushed back. <laughs> no, very true. <laughs> but I guess it depends. I don't yeah. think it's, like, a, a horrible use of time. No, I don't think so either. I think, like, a debate in Parliament, I, it doesn't really tend to raise the public profile of issues very no. much, I don't think. I think you're right, probably. I think I'm it's... impartial to it. Don't mind either way. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So the National Secretary of the RTBU, whose name is Mark Diamond, it's a bit of a cool name, actually. Hmm. So he said, if you go to your employer and ask for a pay rise and their response is, we're going to screw you over and we're going to halve your pay, what would you do? Wouldn't you go nuts? Wouldn't you withdraw your labour? What do you think? No, well, that's true. He, yeah. He's right. I think it's fair enough. He reckons that the union doesn't want that outcome. But he says that the Premier is fueling the dispute to try and extract a political advantage, Mm. which I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree with that statement. Yeah. Well, that's that's all my points. He's toiling with our lives. (laughs) Not not our Sydney side of lives. (laughs) We should do a call-in. We should. What's it like, guys? I'll send you up there when he gets in to pay for the flights. (laughs) Yeah, too. <laughs> the big story. Yeah. We need, we need it on air. So I guess we'll just leave it here. I'm always so, like, hesitant to wrap up. I'm like, no. What if we think of something else to say? I know, I don't want to do well, it. We could talk about our conspiracy about George's python. Okay, yes. <laughs> so um, the other day I saw this Facebook post. I think it was, like, by something, like, Channel 7 or Channel 9. Yeah, like, I think it was Channel 9. I one of those. the shape of the letters. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of those ones. And it was, like, t- saying about how there's this, like, huge python that's gone loose in Hughesdale, which is where George lives. So everyone knows where George lives <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I tagged Bridie in it, and I was like, Bri- at Bridie, don't you think this is, this is like, George's <laughs> George snake. is a snake guy. <laughs> and it was, I just thought it was really funny. When I saw I it, it I literally funny. was cackling. I was oh like, my God. this is so funny. <laughs> like, when I saw it was Hughesdale, I was like, George! It's perfect. Snake. Like, what if he saw the snake? That would be. I really hope he would tell us that because that would be a really great story. It'd be a really funny story. But I also just started to think about how I'd feel if, like, I knew a python was loose in Brunswick. What if it killed like someone's pet? Yeah, well, I mean, like a dog, like a tiny dog, like a chihuahua. (laughs) Would that be good for the community? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's so annoying. But do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it caused any destruction. I mean, like, we used to have a rabbit and, like, we also have this really bad possum problem and mm. it's, like, and because mum's from Queensland, she's like, why don't we get a python? And everyone's like, I mean, she was never serious about it. Dad was pretty serious about it. But we were all like, no, we have a rabbit. She would be eaten. And, like, yeah, neighbours have so guinea scared. pigs and rah, rah, rah. So, obviously, we didn't get a python and didn't eat the possums. But Yeah. Yeah, like, no, it would be scary. I wouldn't mind having it, like, I don't find the idea of it being, like, of having it scary, but, like, the idea of, like, just not having my eyes on it all the time. Yeah. Like, where, yeah, like, (laughs) it just doesn't (laughs) kind of seem safe. I know that they don't think they actually, like, obviously, when you get a snake, it's probably not one that would kill you. Yeah, I don't think it's a poisonous one. But still, I'm just kind of like, like, the thought of, like, it's slivering on me, like, unnoticed, like... (laughs) Okay, you would definitely notice. If the python is as huge as Channel 9 said it was, you yeah, would notice. Yeah, you would notice that, true. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the show. All right, let's do wrap it. Wrap up with the python. Thanks for tuning in to Represent here on Sin. We've been your hosts, Mimi and Braddy. You can keep up to date and let us know what you thought of this show on our socials, which we really need. Oh, my 
my god. To get on. Let's We've take just a selfie been after so this. complacent when it comes to social media, but hopefully we'll be better. That was us taking us uh, <laughs> Um You can find us at Represent, at Sin Represent on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, if you want to hear this episode again or catch up on any of our old episodes, hopefully you'll be able to find it on Omni or Spotify because we have no internet today. We might, there might be a bit of a delay in terms of uploading. Um, but hopefully it'll be here soon. Um, and remember to stay, stay political. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast where young people run the show.